0: Hello, and welcome to another podcast of the Key of David. Uh, My name is Charles, and with me is my minister and partner in arms, Scott. Scott, say hello to the people.
1: Hello, everyone. I hope everybody's doing okay, and welcome, like Charles said again, to another edition of the podcast of Key of David. We're excited to be here. Charles, I'm excited to be here, aren't you?
0: No, I am. Uh, I'm excited to hear what God has to say to us as well as the body of Christ, to everyone that he leads to listen to this podcast. Uh, Scott, uh, before we get started, I like to do it a little bit differently than we did the last two podcasts. I want to go ahead and say a prayer that God has his complete freedom and leading of his spirit in this. So if you will allow me to do so. Please, please those listening can join right along with us. Father in heaven, we come to you tonight because we believe, Lord, that you are the one that it mean that everything it means everything about that it all wraps up in you. We trust you. We believe that you have called us to do this work for you. And Lord, we are yielding ourselves as your tools, your vessels, your ambassadors to speak through us. We pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you lead, that you guide, that you pull, and you beckon those that you want to reach with this message to those avenues that you've given us, that they may hear your word, respond to your word, be edified, be built up, be saved, delivered, and healed. It is for your glory that I am here, and I thank you, God, for my partner in ministry, Scott, I pray that you give him also, Lord, the hearing of your word, the leading of your spirit to speak to us. And we thank you so much for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother Scott, Brother Scott as you know, uh, we have already put two podcasts to bed. Uh, also took the time since we've been using this podcast to reach out the way that we believe the Holy Spirit wants us to, I've took the time to create more ways for us to share this message through media sources such as Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. I've created a YouTube channel simply called the Key of David Ministries. So If you are interested in finding that channel and seeing what we are all about and listening to some other messages that are linked to that channel it's key of david ministries on youtube channel feel free to look us up there and scott i'm also proud to say that we actually have a way for people to correspond i've created a email address where our listeners can send in any comments prayer requests, anything that they would like to share with us we will take those to heart and pray over them that email address that is now available to our listeners and to anyone else that they may pass it along to is key underscore David underscore ministries at yahoo.com. Apologize for how complicated it may be. There's a lot of email addresses out there, but that was the one that I was able to create key underscore David underscore ministries underscore at yahoo.com. So feel free to share anything you would like on your heart through that email address, and Scott and I will keep up with it, and we will be glad to pray over any request, respond to any request or any comments that you might have, whether it be positive or negative. Uh, we're going to leave it all in God's hands. Uh, Scott, say a little bit about what you believe. Uh, you don't have to get into depth, but just before we get started into the nuts and bolts of this message, what do you believe? God was aiming at when he called us to create a podcast called the key of David. I really do
1: believe Charles that, I I mean, if I can spill the beans just a little bit that he placed it on our hearts to put a podcast together, especially for such a time as this, if I can say it that way to encourage the body of believers and strengthen the body of believers to come back to a, we, we are saying a key, a key that David, King David, possessed. But pull a body of believers back to an old-time way that I think is largely being forgotten in the chaos that's going on and the hurry that was going on, the worry that's going on now, and any kind of distraction, whether it be from Satan, whether it be what we allow. But we had something on our hearts to pull people back to... You want to say foundational, and it should be, but it's. I'm, I'm going to put that out there and say it. it is the most important element of a Christian that you can possess other than the gift of salvation, other than the day that you got born again, which was the greatest miracle of all. This is the next greatest thing that you can possess and, and Charles, I know you felt the same way that we felt it has been forgotten. It's not being talked about anymore. Or at least I can't find it in my circle of of influence. And it's something that's needful. It's something we must have, especially in this last day. And that's kind of what got us started here. And Tia David, we thought, were was just the, the right way
0: to say it. How about, how about you? Hey, man. And uh, I'm so proud of you. You said it great way. You know, when we say the word key or keys, uh, we're talking about a certain thing. And uh, as a matter of fact, the word key or keys is only stated in the book of the, you know, in the word of God eight times. So, you know, I know that when Jesus has a lot to say about something, he mentions it a lot. But I also believe there is what Revelation calls the hidden manna of the word of God And because the word key or keys only appears eight times in the word of God, I believe it was designed in such a way, Scott, where the Holy Spirit could have you go on a treasure hunt, so to speak, on what exactly he means when he talks about keys. Um, You know, Jesus stated in John chapter 10, verse seven, he said, verily, verily, I say to you, I am the door. So and then he said it again in verse nine, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now, we know as well as you do, the door is only a it's only an opening that leads you to another room. So the door is not the end of the journey. It's the beginning of a journey. And Jesus is the beginning of a journey with him, the Holy Spirit and the Father to the greatest adventure a person can ever live. An adventure that never ends. It only gets continued into eternity. And eternity will be how long that journey takes. And Scott, he's the door. But I have come to know that in order to get through a door, most of the time you need a key to open that door. And when you see the word key or keys in the word of God, it always refers, Scott, to access... An authority. I mean, let, let me take it this way. When I was younger, my father, he was a foreman where he worked. He was one of the head men or managers of that place. They called him foreman back then more than they do managers, supervisors now. But my father was a foreman and he had a set of keys that always impressed me, Scott. He had a set of keys that he would take out of his pocket when he got home. And when he placed them on the dresser, or anywhere else the keys were just there were so many of them and i would just stare at wonder at those set of keys and pick them up and look at them and ask him dad why do you got so many keys and he said son i have a lot of entries and a lot of places i have to go at work and each one of them takes a separate key to enter and you can always tell He said this to me, Scott, about life, and I've come to find out it to be true. He said, you can always tell how much responsibility and authority a man has by the number of keys that are on his key ring. And Scott, I still believe that that holds true today is that as time goes by and as I get older, the more and more, the older I get, the more and more keys I have to add to my key ring. For different places and i don't give those keys to just anyone scott i give those keys to people that i trust or entrust to represent or to be responsible accountable for the property that's behind those doors that those keys have access to and i believe with all my heart that jesus gives keys to his people he has all the keys matter of fact scott if you don't mind Read one of the scriptures that talks about his keys. It's found in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18.
1: I sure can do it. Revelation, as you stated. Revelation one eighteen. 18. Well, let me just go to 17, if you don't mind. And sure. when I saw him, and he's talking about John here. This is John, the Revelators. Everybody knows him. Seeing all these visions on Patmos that he saw toward the end of his life. The great book of Revelation. And he's seeing a vision of Jesus here. Now, this vision of Jesus, I, I encourage everybody to read this. If you, if you want a, a nice little glimpse of how powerful a God you are serving is, <laughs> unadulterated and, and behind, not, behind no veil, you want to see how powerful Jesus is because he's not in a manger anymore, and he's not on a cross anymore, thank God. And he's not bleeding, and his body's not torn to shreds. He is high and lifted up and his train fills the temple. And John saw this vision of Jesus Christ risen and in his natural form, shall we say. And what a great form this is. And he's getting, he's, he's describing what he's seeing here. And we go into verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me saying unto me, fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And they have the keys of hell and of death. Just like Charles was describing there. He earned the right to wear the keys of hell and of death by his sacrifice on the cross and what he did. His total obedience to God. Charles, he's wearing a set of keys right now as we start that contain the door to hell and the door to death. And uh, that is a
0: powerful description of our Lord. Would you agree? Amen. You know, it also says that all authority was given to Jesus in heaven and in earth because of his death, burial and resurrection. And it says the father gave him all authority. And he was to keep that authority until he places the last enemy, which is death, under his feet. And once Jesus does that, he's going to return all the authority, the keys and the kingdom over to his father so that the father would be glorified in all. So even Jesus, our Lord, is on a journey himself. And I, I, I know that that might make a lot of people upset when I say that even our Lord and Savior, God, the son, is on a journey of discovery but jesus was given the keys to the kingdom and all the authority that god had in his universe and said now son you do what you know my will is and one day you'll give me this key you'll give me the kingdom back to me and then i will be glorified in all so what did jesus do scott He took those keys and the authority from God, and then he turned around and he gave them to us. If you would permit me, Scott, I'm going to read a verse that's found in Matthew 16. And this is a story between Jesus and his disciples. And this is the first time that the word church is used in the Bible. So let me read verse, I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 16, and uh, I am going to start at verse 13, and it says, and when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say that John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? And they said, Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give to you the keys Of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, see, Jesus mentions the word church, and that he was going to start the, you know, he was going to begin his church with Peter, and that he gave Peter the keys to the kingdom, Scott, and those keys represented authority. A lot of people read this scripture and they they say, that's such a mystery when he says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whether whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And a lot of people say they don't understand what that means. Well, I am here to tell you what that means. Jesus was telling Peter that he had the authority to take spiritual things and make them manifest and change things in the physical realm and vice versa. We can take prayer and move God's heaven and earth. We can also speak the word of Jesus and move demons and principalities out of our way. There are keys to the kingdom and there is kingdom authority that you can live in listener. And uh, this is what the keys that Jesus was speaking about is all about. Uh, We called this podcast, Scott, the key of David simply because there are a few keys that are mentioned by name in the Word of God. One of them you read about, two of them, in Revelation 118, the key of death and of hell. Then there is a key that we mentioned that we believe the Lord led us to name the podcast actor, and that is the key of David, which is only mentioned twice in the Word of God. The one I'm going to read about is one that's mentioned in Revelation chapter 3, and this is when he was speaking to the church of Philadelphia and it starts at verse seven. It says, and unto the angel of the church of Philadelphia, right? These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut and what he shuts. No one can open. Now, did you notice there, Scott, that it's very similar phrasing to the same thing he mentioned to Peter in Matthew chapter 16. That, so, Peter was going to have the ability to bind and to loose, and Jesus said here that the key of David opens, and no man can shut and shuts, and no man can open. I do not believe that those similarities are are a coincidence to you, Scott.
1: Not one bit, sir. And and I want to notice. Let me let me point out. You said so much in those scriptures. I don't even know where to start. Everything that I saw, but I do want to point out. This is. You see a set of guys who before they got their set of keys, because they mm. did get their set of keys. Before they got their set of keys, Charles, you're talking to a man who couldn't even witness in front of people. He was too scared, couldn't even say he was, he was one of the 12 disciples that followed Jesus. He cursed, cursed and said, no, I, I don't know that guy. After the key is given, oh. you see a man whose shadow, when he walks by sick people, gets healed. And raises people who haven't walked all their life onto their feet again. So I, I think you folks, anybody that's listening, you need to pay particular attention to this journey of getting these keys because it's most important. You'll see, you can look in the word for yourself if you don't believe me in Charles. You can see the change that these people went into and got into when they finally got their keys. And there are keys for everyone that is listening. Would you agree to that, Charles?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I I know that there's not very many keys that are mentioned by name in the word of God, but I do believe that the keys that are mentioned were mentioned in such a way as that it explains to you what these keys represent. And like we said earlier, Scott, these keys represent one access. Jesus said, I'm the door. And if you have the key, And you open that door and you walk in, you have access to the salvation. See, Jesus said, anyone who enters by the door is saved. So the very first step in this journey that me and Scott talk about is salvation. And once salvation comes, it begins you on a walk with God that will take you higher and higher from glory to glory. And it will also take you from room to room in his mansion, he says in his mansion are many rooms. And I believe that the many rooms that the Lord has, that he has been preparing for his people, we have access to in the spirit now. And Scott, the way that we enter these rooms is by keys or kingdom authority. The key of salvation begins the journey and you get everything after you walk through that key. Uh, after you walk through the door of Jesus, you begin the journey and you get everything out, out, you know, behind that door. But then as you go further, you'll find out that salvation, and listen I want you to hear us very carefully.
1: (laughs) Salvation
0: salvation is a step and it is the greatest step and the most important step, but it is only the first step. It is not the last step. And, uh, you know, I've got, people backing me up on this as far back as you can think of because everyone you'll read about in the Bible calls it a walk with God not a step with God from all the way from Enoch who walked with God in Genesis to walking with God in the spirit in Revelation there is a walk with God Adam walked with God in the cool of the evening Enoch walked with God and was not for God took him there is a walk my friend my listener there is a walk that I am on and Scott is on and everyone who dares to believe and to search and seek out God's heart will begin this walk and it never finishes it never ends some people are farther than others but this walk is an invitation to everyone and you get to go into another room by earning and I, I'm got to be careful Scott you're have to help me out here earning keys and kingdom authority to go up higher with God. I know what you're trying to say, Charles.
1: I know what you're trying to do. I, I don't mean to interrupt you here because you're doing a wonderful job, but let's let's make sure that we carefully stamp out something which has been a dogma in the church. Let's, let's take a minute more, if you don't mind, uh, and stamp out something that's been going on in the church for a long time, and that is this doctrine. And I'm gonna be careful how I do this because I'm not wanting to offend anybody, but I, I wanna shake your mind. Charles wants to shake your mind into finding out for yourself. Don't trust your preacher. Don't 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 listen don't listen to what you've heard a church, a church say for years and years. And boy, that's gotta be true just because they've said it for years and years. A lie can be told for years and years and still be a lie. But well. this 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 dogma that states that you get everything that you're ever going to get when you get saved, this, this big lie, and that's been perpetrated by Satan to keep you from going after these keys because there is no way that a God who—think about this—there is no way that a God who created heaven and earth and the universe and the stars that you see in the sky could, could dump on you at one time mm. all of his majesty— it's impossible. The human brain and body couldn't stand it. Look at John here. When he just saw a vision of Jesus Christ, he fell dead at the power of it. And Jesus had to come and touch him on the shoulder and say, no, 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 you're okay. You're all right. I'll give you strength. It doesn't, it doesn't end with the day that you say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Save me and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. As Charles is stating, it begins a lifelong journey. That doesn't end until they put you in the ground. That journey does not end until they put you in the ground. God has revelations. Think about this. First of all, I want to challenge you, reader, listener. I mean, I want to challenge you to find it in the word of God, anywhere where it states that Jesus said, you got everything I'm going to get you when you get saved. I dare you. I dare you to look it up. I dare you to challenge that preacher that's been preaching to you and find for yourself. You'll see that it's not there because I've searched. But these keys are a journey that you go upon. Peter, James, John, and all the 12 disciples, they didn't get everything that they got when they got saved, and they did get saved. But think about this they were born again, but then there was the upper room experience. That was a separate experience, Charles. Would you agree to that? And in that separate experience, Came keys that they had never possessed before. I'm going to let you use that for a platform right there for a moment.
0: Amen. Well, you know, this is definitely going to be more than we can bite off and chew and spit out on one podcast. But we definitely wanted to throw this out there to begin the journey. And I just thank the Holy Spirit so much for giving me a better way to say it. God, a minute ago I said earn, and, and that's not the right word because I knew that the, when I mentioned that word, the first thing that came in a lot of people's you know, uh, minds, especially those who have read up on the word, is it said, but it says that we don't earn salvation, that it's a gift right. of God. And, and, and you're correct. So let me say it a different way because the Bible says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Nice. What would be the point? What would be the point of being rewarded if there's nothing else to get rewarded with if all you get is everything you're going to get at salvation? And so it says he's a rewarder. so I think the better way to say this is is that as you walk with God because like we had said, the Bible clearly teaches that it's a walk with God and not just a step with God. But as you walk with God, the closer you get to God, you are rewarded with keys. You are Mm. rewarded with more access to him and to his kingdom. You know, the Bible says in Romans 14 and 17, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. See, it's not meat nor drink, meaning it's not physical. The kingdom of God is not something you can get in your car and drive to. Scott, you might go to a building on Sunday morning to worship, but that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is spiritual kingdom. Mm -hmm. And the only way you get to the righteousness, peace and joy is through the Holy Spirit or walking in the spirit as Romans chapter eight teaches. And we are going to expound on this as we go further into these lessons regarding the kingdom of David and the key of david because the key of david is access to god it's authority in his kingdom and you believe me listener when i say that the more access to god you have the more authority in his kingdom you also have when jesus chose the 12 men for a very long time he called them his servants But then there was one day that he came and said, I no longer call you servants. Now I call you friends because a servant doesn't know what his master's plan is. But now that you are my friends, you have a deeper access, a deeper authority in a deeper look into my plan. Because you remember he would say, I speak to people in parables, but to you has been given to know the mysteries of what, Scott? The The kingdom kingdom of God. And that's what we're talking about here. The key of David is all about access and authority and walking closer to God in his kingdom, living in kingdom principle than in kingdom authority. Scott, I would want to think that everyone who's listened to us, there'll be some people that still resist what we're saying to be true. But there may be one, two or three people out there. Hopefully there's more than that. But even if there's only one person that's listening, Scott, that says that entices me, that challenges me to come up higher with God. I want to do what John did in Revelation one, come up higher. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to go up higher with God. I hope there's someone listening that is motivated by what we've said and says, "Okay, Scott. Okay, Charles, I believe that what you're saying is from the Holy Spirit. I believe that I'm being invited on a walk with God that does not end at the foot of the cross, but continues on to an empty tomb and doesn't end at the empty tomb, but it <laughs> continues on until I reach the foot of the throne of God. Amen. And I'm on that walk, Scott. And I believe you are too. And, uh, we are going to end up, we all might travel in different, in different speeds but we're all going to end up at the same destination and that's at the foot of the throne of God. Yes. But I would hate to think that the devil was able to deceive me into thinking that I stayed at the foot of the cross. You know, John was at the foot of the cross, Scott, out of all the disciples that Jesus had, every one of them ran away. There was only one. Hmm. And I feel, a, I feel fear of the Lord backing me up on this, Scott. There was only one who dared to be at the foot of the cross. And what did he get rewarded for by following Jesus to the foot of the cross? He got to see and write down the revelation of Jesus Christ and the throne. He saw the throne of God and all the saints around it. He was rewarded, Scott, because he walked on a journey that took him all the way to the foot of the cross, and he didn't turn his eyes away mm. from a beaten, battered, and bruised Savior. He did not shun away from the sin that hung upon his beloved's body that day. He did not mm. turn away and run away and hide. He looked it dead in the face and he said, This is my Savior, and he has been given. All the sin of the world laid on him, and right now he might be a curse because it states that every cursed is everyone that is hung upon a tree, and so he dared to view his Savior when his Savior was a a curse, so that he could one day be a blessing to his Savior, and he was blessed with access to the kingdom that none of the other disciples got. And, Scott, my, I don't know my. exactly where the Holy Spirit's going, but I'm going to give
1: it to you and let you run with this. My, my, what a revelation indeed. Golly, I love what you're saying, Charles. Those, those that will dare to continue Amen. this journey, I, I, I like what you said just a minute ago. There might be quite a few that balk and, and fight back because that ain't what my grandma told me. That ain't what my mm. church father told me. And, you know, it's been Satan's lie. Since the beginning, these keys have been given to 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 lie to the to the people of God, to to lie to anyone to believe that these keys are they're They're either not there anymore or they can't be given anymore. Or they're not for us anymore. Or you, you get them all when you get saved. I want to ask you a question and I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, I, I, I want you to listen to this. If, if you've been given the keys, are you raising the dead? Are you cleansing mm. the lepers? Is your church? seeing demons cast it out. Is there all kinds of people getting born again at your, at your service? Because when one man stood up with a key in his hand, 3000 people gave their heart to Jesus <laughs> that day. Now, what we're trying to tell you is this key does a dual purpose. This key opens the door to a new kingdom you've never seen before. And it destroys on. another one at the same time. That is why Satan doesn't want you to get these keys because a person who's carrying these keys, Charles can pray and see a fevered brow come back to normal. A person with these keys can speak to the winds and the waves and they will obey his voice. Oh my God, that was for Jesus. No, no, no. Jesus turned around just like you quoted earlier, Charles and said, these keys I give unto you now because I go to the father. It does him. It does Jesus. No good. I want you to think about this for a minute. It does Jesus no good to carry the keys on the side of his belt right now. Because he's going to the Father, he is making intercession for you and I, and a, preparing a place for you and I to forever be. He's busy right now, so he gave you the keys. That key is you can raise the dead, you can cleanse the lepers, you can. I, I'm just going to read it, Charles. You you gave me another scripture. I'm I'm, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this in Ephesians, and uh, y'all can find it with me. It's in Ephesians <laughs> chapter four. Let me get turned over there to it. I'm trying to entice you to go after these keys is what I'm trying to do because you need these keys not only are they a reward like Charles spoke but they're a necessity you need these keys Amen. and yes. it's found in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and I'm going to start I'm going to start at verse 9 now that he ascended talking about Jesus now that he descended what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's that's verse 11 and 12 in Ephesians chapter four. Those guys were keys. Now, let me let me stomp out just another thing here. And, and, Charles, I want you to help me with this. I guess this is going to be partly a podcast of Stomping Out lies. But you're not going to find anywhere in the Bible also, and you look for yourself, you're not going to find anywhere in the Bible also where that when Peter died, the apostleship died. You're not going to find it. You're not going to find anywhere where when John passed away that the revelation was supposed to stop. You're not going to find it. There, there is nowhere in there in black and white where it says that. But there are still keys because we are living today. These keys are meant for the living. Remember Jesus said, I didn't come to, to those that are whole, but those that need a physician. These keys don't go to those that are dead and already gone to their reward. These keys goes to those who are still here fighting the battle. And these keys are needed, especially in a time like this. Trying to push you after these keys. Trying to get you to see for yourself, in Charles is too, that these, these are the most needful. I would, I would dare say, Charles, I, I'm trying to explain this. Please help me how to do it. I, I, don't, I don't think there, there is, for, for the most part, for the large part in the Christian world today, because Satan has robbed us of these keys, telling us lies and making us believe no. things that aren't true, that nowadays we, we don't even know what it's like to carry the key. When I, when I talk no. to people, Charles, and I say, you know, I heard the voice of the Lord this morning speak to me about something. A still small voice, they look at me dumbfounded. How far we have fallen from these keys that, that that
0: this this is so foreign what we're saying. Would you agree with that? Hey man, you know, I, I can almost reflect what I hear people listening to this podcast are saying. You mean I can have a a voice of God like Paul did I can hear him speak like Peter, like Peter did yes. I can have visions like John did absolutely yes. the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 right after the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost Peter preached his first message his first sermon and he said in Acts chapter 2 verse 39 for this promise is unto you that's the people he was speaking to that day And to your children, that would be the people that would come in the next generation. And to all those that are afar off, that's all of us, as many as the Lord our God shall call. So right, right there, blows out of the water and brings down to rubble that lie that people have led us to believe. That leaders that have not been listening to God have spoken in the pulpits and in the ministry. That they've said all these gifts of the of the Bible, of these gifts of the spirit that were spoken of in First Corinthians chapter twelve, they all disappear with the first generation of the church. That's a lie. It has been given to us. It has been given to us. And we are suffering today, Scott, because we have drunk the Kool-Aid. We have <laughs> believed the law. We have heard the devil say, oh, you're going to get all you're going to get when you get saved. Just stay at the foot of the cross. Just live under the shadow of the cross. And don't get me wrong, listener. I thank God for the cross, for the cross is the victory over sin and death. The cross is my doorway into everything that God has to offer. But he, the Lord Jesus, never meant for me to stay there. He rose from an empty tomb and he said, Come with me. He said, Follow me. And I'm going to follow Jesus all the way to heaven. And as I go, I'm going to discover these keys. I'm going to enter these rooms. I want to fellowship with him. Just like he said in Revelation chapter three, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And anyone who would hear my voice will open up and I and my father will come in mm. and we will step with him and he with us. That's fellowship, Scott. That's re That's reward. That's what these keys give us.
1: Can can and we say we something?
0: Oh, go ahead, go yes. ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying when we don't do this, when we don't take advantage of what the Lord has given us through his death, burial and resurrection. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what you read about in Ephesians 4, the journey that we are all on to reach the same measure of the fullness of Christ, the reflection of Jesus Christ and what he truly meant for a believer's life to look like, then we do him an injustice, Scott. We shame and cheapen the grace of God when we tell people, don't go no farther than the cross. Don't look for anything else except salvation. We cheapen our Lord and Savior's blood, and we make his salvation and everything he died for a mockery, Scott, when we do that.
1: Amen. Amen. I don't don't want to interrupt you with you on fire like this, buddy. I'm telling you, it's good stuff. I hope everybody's listening to this. I, I think... You're talking about when we drink the Kool-Aid and we drunk the Kool-Aid. I love what you said a moment ago about, do I dare to believe that I can have the voice of God for myself? Yeah, you can. Do do I dare to believe that I can walk with Jesus like Peter, James, and John did? Yeah, you sure can. But I've not been called to preach. That's got nothing to do with it. God gives out those, those gifts and those keys, several as he will. The office of apostle doesn't mean that you can't have the journey of an apostle. Just because you don't get behind the pulpit every Sunday morning, well, that's not going on anymore, is it? But just because you don't get behind the pulpit every Sunday morning and deliver a message doesn't mean that you can have the same walk with God that the preacher behind the pulpit. Well, he Amen. better have had me. He? he better be having a walk Amen. with God. Some of them are playing games. But, I, but I, I think what we've got, Charles, I love what you're building is we've drunk the Kool-Aid. Let me take you back to a place in time when Jesus was crucified and buried. Now, they thought that was the end of it. All of them did. Not just the 12, but but Mary and and all the rest of them thought that that was the end of it. That was it. The Savior that was supposed to save us all is now buried in a hollowed-out tomb that belonged to somebody else. There went all our dreams and all our hopes. And a woman named Mary, who was pretty rough, she had a pretty checkered past is going to the uh, se- sepulcher every day and she's mourning and she's mourning. But one morning she finds the tomb, the tomb's empty. The stone's been rolled away and a man meets her in that garden. Why do you weep? And begins to make a long story short. I, <laughs> I wish I had time to get into that, but but make a long story short. It was the risen Jesus appearing before Mary. Go tell him. I am risen. And I think we've drunk the Kool-Aid today, Charles, because the devil wants to keep us going to the borrowed tomb and staying there and weeping. Yep. He wants yep. to keep us right there. Weeping. We want to go to church and we want to weep and, and sing songs of one day I'll get my victory when I cross the other side. And we don't have to live that way. Now, when we get hey, these baby. keys, when we get these keys, then people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol are no longer addicted. When we get these keys, that child that's got a fever in your bed, and the doctor says he can't do anything about it, you can go in there with that key, and you can pray, you can ask the God of heaven to move, and the fever goes away. You can talk Amen. to that troubled teenager. These keys are all important. I'm about to get started, I'm going I'm to hand it back to you. <laughs> it's, it's all important that, that you... I, I, I got to do whatever it takes. And I know Charles has got the same kind of heart. We've got to push you to these keys. These keys are yours. It Like Charles said, it cheapens the grace of God. It cheapens his blood. It cheapens his sacrifice on the cross to ever say that all you're ever going to get is what you got the day you got saved. It's just the beginning, the beginning of the journey. Amen. I'm, I'm going to hand Amen. this back to you, Charles.
0: Let <laughs> you finish a- this out the <laughs> way
1: you do. You want
0: uh, I hope you're Yeah, I am, and I just want to ask the listener the same thing that the angel asked the disciples: Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you seek for a living God in a dead church? Why do you look for a living God in things that do not satisfy, do not set you free, do not keep you walking with Him? Mm -hmm. Why be a survivor when you can be, like Jesus said, more than a conqueror? Amen. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Listen, I've got one more verse to read, and it's in that same chapter that we began with in Revelation chapter 3 about the church of Philadelphia and the key of David. This is what the Lord said. We'll start at verse 12. It says, I am coming to you soon. This is verse 11. I am coming to you soon. Hold on. Hold fast to what you have. Let no man takes your crown. Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And that's what I pray right now, listener. He who hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the people that are listening. We pray with our hearts. I pray for Scott. I pray for me. I pray that we hear what the Holy Spirit has said through, through the Word of God, through His Spirit, through that beckoning that you feel, through that enticement that you feel. Oh, my friend. Mm, amen. Oh, listen. There is no better journey than the one that you can take with the Lord. There is no better walk than walking closer every day with the one who set you free. You do not get everything on the sound, the first move. You do not. It's not a one step, it's a journey. And we invite you. No, no, not only us, but the Holy Spirit invites you. Walk with me as I walk toward God. Walk with me as I take you on a journey that will end you at the foot of the throne of him who will absolutely satisfy every need, every joy, every want, every desire that you can even imagine to have. And I just want to thank God for this word that we've heard today, Scott. Amen. I want to. Thank the Holy Spirit for doing what I know that me and you can never do, and that's to make sense of all of this. Amen. And uh, I, I I, I, beckon and I plead and I ask the listeners, continue to listen. Next week there'll be another one, and we're going to expound on the key of David. We're going to tell you about the steps that you need to take on this journey. We're going to tell you how to be part of that crowd that gets to be a reward, or get that jesus is the reward he's more than all you can see or hope for he's more than harps of gold he is the greatest thing he is the mark he is the price he is the best that our father god in heaven has to offer scott go ahead and shut it down for us I, i want i want to say this there's there's
1: probably some folks out there and i can sense it right now I think you can too, Charles. I can sense it right now that's saying in their heart, how do I know this is for me? I can hear the wow. question loud and clear. So let me let me just be blunt and specific with you. If during the course of this conversation, you have felt a burning, you have felt a yearning, you have felt a tug deep down, down inside, maybe you're shedding a tear right now. Maybe you feel just the goose pimples all over you. But you're feeling a yearning and a tugging on you right now. Don't deny the tug. Don't deny the push. Don't be afraid of it. It's for you. And it's it's what Charles just said. It's the Holy Spirit saying, I'm talking to you. I give you access. I'm opening the door for you. I'm going to take you on a journey to give you the keys. All you have to do is accept it. All you have to do is take it. All you have to do is say yes just like Jesus did with all the 12 walking along the seashore, follow me. And that's all they had to do. And for the rest of their life, it was forever changed and it was never the same. And that's all you've got to do. And that's what we're asking tonight. Don't, don't deny the tug. Don't deny the push. Don't deny the desire that you feel that you sense right now. Because let me say this, this is not you. This is not coming from you. This is the Holy Spirit. Um, we're gonna, Me and Charles are both going to pray right now and, and sign off on this podcast that you accept the call. No matter what you've done, no matter who you've been, no matter how dirty a past you've had, no matter who you think you are, it doesn't matter. When you accept this challenge, you'll never be the same. We're going to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for everyone that's listening, that's feeling that tug, that's feeling that call. God, I pray that you touch them, that you take them on a journey. Lord, I pray that they accept this call. God, I pray that they receive the gifts that you're wanting to give them, that you died for. Father, we thank you for this word tonight. We pray that you be with everyone who is going through this difficult time right now, that they're struggling financially or they're struggling physically or, or they're struggling or they know someone. Lord, we pray right yes, now that you touch them in this yes, time of need. Yes, God, you are right yes, now, God. You are a real God. You said, behold, I am yes, the Lord. Yes, I change not. I am the same yes, yesterday, yes, today, and forever. Me and Charles standing yes, in the gap right now for those that are suffering, those that yes, have lost yes, their jobs, those those yes, that are struggling against this, this virus, God. We pray that you touch yes, them right yes, now, yes, that you let them know yes, that they are yes, not yes, alone, yes, that you yes, give yes, them hope, that you heal them. yourself. And God, we praise you tonight for this word. We thank you that, God, you are always faithful. You always speak. And that's who we want to speak on this podcast is you. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. And amen.